Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. <laughs> and wait till you see them go, go, go with the great big show. Until Mother's scandalous secret blows the lid off the whole swinging affair. <laughs> Welcome ah. to the Planet Mikey Show. <laughs> <laughs> I just told Ben I can't do the show unless I have some kind of um, liquid refreshment in here, preferably iced tea. Ben has run out to the uh, the studio refrigerator. Refrigerator to get the. See, uh, when you have bands come down here, record all their albums and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. They want to have stuff to drink. Thank you, Ben. You know, you got a drum kit over there. Yeah. You got guitars hanging on the wall. Yeah. You got Hammond organs. You have all kinds of instruments ready for the bands to do their thing. Oh, yeah, the bands got to stay hydrated. You got to give them some liquid refreshment, Smitty. <laughs> you know? They know what's there. Do they ever do this when they warm up the bands before they sing? Do they ever they go, <clears throat> me, 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 me? <laughs> One guy. He does. I got another guy that sounds like, uh, sounds like, uh, who's it? Uh, not Quick Draw McGraw. <clears throat> who's my El Caban. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Will, Baba Louie. <laughs> That's him, yeah. Hey, Quistro, here comes another bad guy. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hit him with my guitar, Baba Lou. Yeah, I do, I do all the Dawes Butler voices. Ooh. I do Pixie and Dixie. Yeah. Yes. Let's hear Pixie and Dixie. Qu- quiet, Pixie. Oh, uh, well, Jinxie was the cat. No, oh, okay. Yeah, Jinx was the cat. Pixie and Dixie <laughs> were the mice. Let's hear a little bit of Jinx. No, I, I don't want to. I really I don't want Jinx the show. No. We, we got a br- great podcast. Mr. Here. Magoo, do it. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Magoo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a GE Softway boom. <laughs> Mr. Magoo. How do you uh, that's your, Jim Backus. How do you get your face to look like Mr. Magoo? I know. Too? I don't I understand know. this. It's practice. Yeah. That's Jim Backus did that. He's right. dead. He was yeah. on Gilligan's Island. We, boy, we have digressed already in I this know. podcast three times, and it's just yeah. beginning. Mm-hmm. What a show we got for you, though. Right, Ben? Right. I asked Ben because he has no idea what we're doing. <laughs> nope. He's saying yes. as He's a yes man. Mm-hmm. I say, we're having a great show. He goes, yeah. He doesn't know. He just got here. Mm-hmm. Whatever That's you right. say, Mike. Uh, two seconds ago. Uh, this is Planet Mikey episode number. And by the way, I'm wearing my official, I don't know if the camera can pick this up, my official Planet Mikey show shirt. Yeah. It says it right here, Planet Mikey show. Now, you guys don't have, you don't have a Ben Kitchen show shirt on. No, I don't. You don't have a Bill Smith show no, shirt on. No, I do not. No. Oh, see? That makes me special right now. Uh, we want to want to welcome and say hello to our great great sponsor. By the way, my my Ed Marquis, the the uh, my my Grand Marquis that's gray and old like Ed Marquis, mm-hmm. is in the shop. I and I did I made up an appointment with the, the guys at Pro Automotive. I was going to say it must be Pro Automotive. Yeah, yeah. I called Pro Automotive uh, and I I talked to uh, Morgan, who's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I said, Morgan, I need some stuff done here. This, uh, the tires, I don't know. The, the air conditioning is not as cold as I'd like it to be. Plus, your son's going to be driving that car. That's because I'm going to give Ed Markey to my son, Andy, who's now got his license. Safety and I want first. it to be safe. Yeah. yeah. So I put, took out the seatbelts. No, I'm just kidding. He, and he, he likes that car. He doesn't even care that he looks like a 84-year-old man driving it. Yeah. <laughs> ProAutomotiveMA.com is their website. They're the very best. And I and I, I say that from experience, and I have a loyalty to them, and they have, they have loyalty to all their customers, including me, to do a good job. To, you know, that's how you get return business. 
You do a good job, people go back. They're not going to just say, oh, I'm going to find another. No, you did a good job. And then if you do a bad job, that one customer will say, God damn, I don't take your car there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's but you know what? I gave them raving reviews, and I never do reviews because they're good. That's all. Hmm. They're professionals. The real thing. As are the people at... I, I played golf, uh, and it was so beautiful. It's, it's such a beautiful week. In fact, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna attribute that to uh, the season. And I'm going to get into something a little... But first, I want to say that Shining Rock... I talked to Mike Stacy, the golf pro up there. Mm-hmm. He's got a clinic for lady golfers, their first-time golfers, which is my wife. I'm going to say... I, my wife wants to take, take up golf so that she and I, someday when we retire to Florida, can play golf every day, and it's fun. That'd be nice. But she hasn't really played much in her life, so she's going to go up there and take some lessons from Mike Stacy. They have a ladies' golf clinic. They have kids' golf clinics. They have camps. Mike Stacy's a very professional golf pro at Shining Rock in Northbridge, Massachusetts. And I just want to give him a shout-out for all he does. He's a great guy, too. I actually should take a couple lessons. Smitty, you're left-handed. You could take some lessons. Do you play golf at all? I have never golfed. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Well, see, now that we can open up a whole but new world for you. I think I might be tempted. I'd like you to go should. to a driving range first just to learn how to hit the ball yeah. properly. Well, yeah, you, yeah you'll, be, you'll be fine, though. You're, yeah. you're a very precise, specific person. That's golf. Yeah. Once you get your swing down, you think about it. It's a thinking. It's a cerebral game. See the ball, be the ball. Hit the ball straight. Well, you don't want to be the ball. Okay. Well, yeah. You don't want to hit yourself. You don't want to be some <laughs> dimpled orb. Uh, also, my grandma's coffee cake, one eight hundred eight grandma. That's a, the greatest coffee cake in the world. These are our sponsors, and I'm doing this quickly because I want to get to this song. It's so summery and beautiful today. We thought we'd drop in at the beginning of the podcast a two minute summery musical break starring our friends Joe and Jerry. It's only two minutes. You got to listen to this because they're very creative. All right, let's do this from the Beach Boys. You're a beautiful girl. And your pants are on so tight That when you stand just right I can see it all at Shaw's When you're on the beach This is better, Joe And your bikini is soaking wet I see a fuzzy silhouette As I look down below I see your camel toe your biscuit, your beavage. I see your cooter cleavage. Your monkey, your muffin. Your Gucci. Your flapper, your showing off your snapper. Your camel toe. It looks so right. Let it show. It looks like a pink taco. I see your camel toe. Voila, the bearded clam. I could really go for a sideways sloppy joe or a tuna casserole. Baby, don't you know? I never thought I'd see so much of your anatomy. Your jeans are so tight, I'm learning gynecology. I see your camel toe at Shaw's. Your labia, 
your vulva. Oh, you know I love you. You're a denda, vagina. Nothing could be finer. It's furry. It's fluffy. It's looking good. They're so good. I, I'm glad they didn't muff that opportunity. Uh, we're uh, uh, enjoying our podcast on a summery day. It's the last day of May, May 31st. And you know what that means? You know what today is? What's today? Joe Namath's 80th birthday. Oh, I want to kiss you. All due respect. You think he ever got laid in his life, though? No. Nah, once, not. You know, twice. He had that bar, the Bachelors 3. He won a Super Bowl. He guaranteed it. You know, he's on the commercials. He was a. Maybe he banged Ann Margaret for I all think we know. Joe, he's, you know, he's a charming guy. I bet he had a great time. He was in that movie uh, with Ann Margaret where he played a biker. Remember? It was, it was some weird, odd stuff they put together. Anyway, happy birthday to Joe Namath, who I met when I did work at the Classic Sports Network. Remember when the Classic Sports Network was a local New York thing, and it was on all the cable systems, and then ESPN bought them, and I was out. Back in the early days. <laughs> That's right. I was out immediately. You out. Um, by the way, I want to mention, before, uh, before the day before May 31st, was May 30th, and it was... You don't say. ...the birth date of uh, the 80th birthday... Coincidentally, of of well, the guy I consider to be the greatest running back of all time, with due respect to Jimmy Brown, Gale Sayers. Now people don't don't understand because this is before the ESPN and the replays and all that stuff. Gale Sayers was the greatest, most elusive, talented running back. He could get up to full speed in one step when he was running on with the football oh. and. His career was cut short by injuries, but listen, listen to so, this. Uh, b- before you go on, I think he has one of the most amazing stats, considering what you just mentioned, that injury. But it's yeah. six touchdowns in one, one game, game against the year. 49ers in the mud. In his rookie year. Returning punts, returning kicks, catching passes. Yes, and he did all that. He, was a, he, was in, in his seven, he played seven years, but the last two years he was injured. He only played four games total. Yeah. So it was really five years Five-times AP first-team All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowl, three-time top-five AP NFL MVP, uh, two-time NFL rushing leader, 4,956 rushing yards. Now, they only played 14 games then. Man. Uh, 5.0 yards per carry. Now, so how do you get a first down? You give it to Gale Sayers twice, and you're there. Unbelievable. 56 touchdowns in 68 games. 30.6 yards per kick return. 30 yards every time they kick return to the guy. So his stats were unbelievable. Um, he was nicknamed the Kansas Comet. <laughs> he played football, obviously, for the Jayhawks uh, at the University of Kansas, where he had 4,020 all-purpose yards over three seasons, All-American twice. In his rookie NFL season, as Ben mentioned, he set a league record by scoring 22 touchdowns. That was the record for the league, mm. six of them in, w- in one game. He had what uh, what the twenty three and Me people call quick twitch muscles. Oh man, and he uh, was so awesome. There are not too many athletes that have them, but when you have them, you can jump higher and you can take off, as you said, in one step. Be at full one speed. One step. He All was, he needed he, was six inches to daylight. Eighteen Bingo. inches, he yeah. said. Whatever. Six so, inches is. I I can't even get through six inches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think you know what I'm well, saying. I heard you come up short, but I think the most amazing thing is how he um. So he gets that horrible knee injury, which should end anyone's career yeah, in the he had 60s. Two, two knee injuries, but yeah. And then he comes back and leads the league in rushing. The year after he had MCL, you know, back then they weren't very good at knee surgeries, and usually when you had that knee surgery, and Bobby Orr will tell you mm-hmm. they weren't good at it. 
Gail Sayers came back from it and won the Russian crown the year after having that surgery. He was unbelievable. I had him on my TV show on Neck and Twice, and he was a true gentleman. He waited an hour to do the show. He was in the in the conference room mm-hmm. just reading and doing stuff, and a real quiet, thoughtful guy, uh, and he signed a, you know, a football for the staff. He was just great. And I loved the guy, and he came back twice on the uh, on the program. But how old was he, he in his in his peak years? Well, he's in his twenties, yeah, you know. But he, he got injured two, so three, early, four, it's uh-huh. sad. But uh, he, he was um, he was done by thirty. The yeah. subject of Brian's song, which is a made for TV movie about Brian Piccolo, mm-hmm. and, a, and a very touching story. Yep. So, and he, uh, Gail Sayers died in, at the age of seventy seven back about three four years ago. Well, three years ago, he's eighty uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had some dementia from from the football stuff going on, according to his wife. And it got to the point where he couldn't even sign his name. Oh. But to me, the greatest running back of all time and a wonderful human being. I love Gail Sayers. So posthumously, yesterday, happy 80th birthday in I'm heaven. Like that shitbag Jim Brown. R.I.P. Gail Yeah, Sayers. Jim Brown was throwing women off rooftops and stuff like that. <laughs> Be- beating them up on the... You know. He so, goes to jail for it, and everyone celebrates him like this. He's this amazing. Here's an unbelievable football player, maybe the greatest football player of all time. Whatever, I, I understand what you're saying, but a shit human being. Totally, yeah, right. <laughs> well, he did a lot for civil rights, you know, the yeah. black power movement and all that stuff. That's you right. know, Ali and well, all those guys. Well, not the civil rights of those women he beat, but okay. Well, no, well, no that's <laughs> completely a different saga there. A different thing. So uh, happy birthday, though, to Gail Sears, who I absolutely adored when he played. Number 40, Chicago Bears. And he never played in one postseason game. First guy, to, he was the youngest man ever inducted into the Hall of Fame at the age of 34 because he was so great, mm. even though his career was cut short. Speaking of cut short, the Celtics. Are you uh, telling the circumcision story again? That's, <laughs> that's right. Let me give you a little tip. That's not something I want to talk about. Okay? So I'll cut that right off. All right, we'll snip that out. Um uh, the Celtics, I, I was going to save this for another podcast that I do called 15 Minutes of Shame. You guys you just are, can't hold it in, though, can you? I Mike? can't. Go ahead. Because this Celtic, what happened to the Celtics was so brutal. First of all, I think Joe Mazzulla should be fired. Oh. Okay. Because he clearly, I and mean, I watched down the stretch in a lot of the games, Celtics blew a lot of leads late in the games. I mean, they'd, they'd be up, up by 15 going into the fourth quarter and they'd lose. I'd say, how's that happen? Well, the guy didn't have any, uh, Joe Mazzulla didn't have any closing skills when it came to teaching his team how to win Mm. when the game gets close at the end of the game. He didn't do that very well at all. They come into the playoff situation in the opening of the Eastern Conference round, they lose three in a row, two of them at home at the the TD Garden. That can't happen. You can't be a coach that can allow a talented team like the Boston Celtics were to come in and be so shit poor, ice cold, that they lose the first three, including the two. You got the home court advantage, and you because you earned it. But when you blow the first two games at home, you've pissed it away. You've given it to the other team. Now they have the home court advantage. You can't let that happen. They blow three in a row. We all know what happened. Everybody's going, ah, oh, this is the worst thing. Missoula's got to be fired. Well, they come back somehow. There was a miracle involved in the final game yep. to to tie it up at three games each. Suddenly, Joe Mazzulla's got his job back. Not because of anything he did. There's guys on this team who deserve a lot of the blame. I'm not going to say Tatum. I know I know Tatum is a, is a guy who's so inconsistent. He's not always good. He's good sometimes, and he's spectacular when he's good. Hmm. He's the girl with the curl in the middle of her forehead. When she was good, she was very, very good. When she's bad, she was horrid, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's him. 
So they start slow. They have a he gets an injury in the first thirty seconds of the game seven. Everybody's like, oh, no. And he's hobbling around, grimacing the whole game, and he's slow, can't play defense. So who's got to pick up the slack? Well, Jalen Brown. He's the number two guy. What does he do? He has eight turnovers in this game. That's pathetic. He shoots three-pointers, one for seven. That's pathetic. He completely choked, and I don't want him on the team anymore. I think he's a freaking loser. What do you think uh, is causing his uh, poor performance? Attitude? Well, first of all, the guy can't dribble. He dribbles off his feet and turns the ball over constantly. He turns the ball over without dribbling off his feet. But he he, he sees a crowd of three guys. He goes, oh, I can go, go right through those guys. <laughs> and he goes running in there, and he loses the ball or he misses a shot. He sucks. He's not a true Celtic because he doesn't have the smarts for it. He's not smart. You know, you think Dennis Johnson, DJ, hmm. you think Larry Bird, any of the Celtics, they, 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 they're, they're thinking when they're out there. They're forced to think, and they know that that's how a machine, well-oiled machine works. It's like they're strategizing all the time. <clears throat> but this guy, Jalen Brown, and, you know, I don't pile on the guy. He's gone, I think. I think he's going to be gone yeah. because no one wants to watch him for a full season again. All Get right, so let, let me tell you what's going to happen. So for anyone who's like, ah, don't, sign, don't give him that super max, they're giving him the max. That's not the quite Like, that's so happening. trade him? Yeah, that's what you do because – it has to remember. You always have to remember in the NBA, salaries have to match to a certain extent when you're trading. So when he's valued at twenty-five million dollars, it's harder to acquire the guy that's at thirty-five, forty million dollars because then you have to add stuff in to make that balance. Sweeten out. the pot. Yeah. So once now he becomes a forty-plus million dollar guy, sure. he's on equal playing field with the Damian Lillard. But do you want him on the team long term? Yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I, I've I been on, on the boat that to break up the Jays for a couple of years. Uh, I, I don't like the body language between the two of them. There's something wrong. There's not a real leader between them. But They, they don't feed each other. think they lead, but they don't really understand how to do it yet. And part of that is on coaching. You've got to train and develop these guys and teach them how to do these things because keep in mind, they're 22, and, and, 23, 24, 25, 26 years old. And if you're they a don't good know coach, you yet. don't accept when they play poorly with each other and don't feed off of each other because that's what it, basketball is a team sport. Mm. And if you're a good coach, you're going to say, get these guys to work together or not at all. See, my, my biggest problem really with Jalen Brown, I don't give a shit about the comments off the court. I don't care about any of that. His feelings about maybe certain Celtics fans doesn't matter to me. The fact is he should be in his prime. He should be in his best year or best two or three years in the NBA, and he regressed this year. He used to be a defensive monster. He was bad defensively this year. You mentioned the turnovers. That didn't get any better. We saw it exposed in the playoffs last year, particularly in the NBA Finals, where he was good, but he kept costing himself because he dribbled off his foot. He didn't improve that part of his game, and he regressed in another major part of his game. So I don't know how you can look at him and say, I want him here for another seven years. Plus, a turnover is a high school or less... a mistake. <laughs> you're giving the other. You're taking away your opportunity to score and giving them. It's a four point swing at at best. Uh, and and when I watch these guys turn over the ball as often as he did, now I know that he'd had twelve turnovers as a team. Jalen Brown had eight of them by himself, and he's supposed to be the star of this game. I'm, anyway, I don't want him around. So <laughs> I don't. Do you want to keep going on the Celtics, or are we done with that? I got a little okay. What else? Five in me on them. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, I mean, did, I think I summed it up. Their their main problem is was you know the coach and the J- and Jalen Brown. Hmm. I mean, is, is there more? Who else was a problem for him? Uh, no, those were your two biggest problems. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Brogdon's elbow. I think he came into this yeah, game he seven. He couldn't shoot at all, and he was a very, very <laughs> helpful guy during this. 
He comes into this game seven. If he didn't play game six, couldn't shoot, and he's short arming everything. Shoot. You see him front rimming it. You know, it's not yeah. dead legs; it's short arming it because he doesn't know how to extend his elbow with so a hurt elbow. They got a little bit of bad luck on the injury thing with. And then you, know, you leave Tatum in for that whole time. Well, he's a decoy. Decoy my ass. They know he can't do anything. He's a wounded duck. Get someone else in there. <laughs> he is. <clears throat> so. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, I got a little emotional because why? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but since legalized betting became legal in Massachusetts, yeah. Celtics have never covered anything. They've covered shit. If you had bet against the Celtics, despite what your heart was telling you, right down the stretch, every single game, you would have cleaned up. And how do I know? Because I got wiped out by the Celtics team. <laughs> wiped out. And I and I, that's not why I'm angry. I'm angry because I'm a Celtics fan since 19. 19- 47? 60 something. <laughs> I think I probably started like 63. All right. I remember seeing Koozie play. Mm-hmm. Black and white television. Black and white TV. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, God. Yeah. Damn it. You okay, Mike? Darn it. Yeah. God. Damn, darn it. It's okay. Um, it's not your fault. I have uh, news about. It's not your fault. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Robin Williams. <laughs> I'll just be Matt Damon for the rest of the show. Um, there's a uh, Eric Adams. Your brother? He's my brother. <laughs> he Eric Adams is the mayor of uh, New York City. This the, sounds like news. And now the news. Here's Dale Dorman. What? <laughs> mayor uh, 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 Eric Adams on Friday signed into law. I got to put on my glasses because there's some information in here you're going to want to get hear. it right, Mike. A law, which is a ban on discrimination in New York based on a person's weight. Okay, so now some big fat tub of shit is sitting next to you on an airplane. No, I mean, this is all right. They were weighing people today on the Alaska Airlines. That's right. They they had to check in. And And you know what? They should pay by the... New Zealand's doing that too. You should pay by the pound when you fly. I'll get into that. Great. That's awesome for me. You got a newborn baby that's eight pounds. It's it's sixteen bucks. You know what I mean. You got a you got a three hundred pound wife. It's six hundred. <laughs> Two dollars a pound. Wait, why not? The law adds weight and height to the list of characteristics that are protected from discrimination, along with race, gender, age, religion, and sexual orientation. And this uh, law will apply to employment, housing, and access to public accommodations. Right. Now. So that means if some big fat tub of shit wants to move into your house, you got to build a new door for this person. Maybe a ramp to get him up into the house. A tub. Maybe a bigger bathtub. You got to do it because it's against the law to discriminate. That Mayor Adams is doing some really so hard work over there. When the fat person shows up and the guy's thinking, I'm not making a door, he doesn't let the person rent there and the person sues him. Yep. You know, oh, hey, look at I'm fat. Or maybe you got to build a ramp. A ramp? Yeah. I just said that, though. Yeah. I know, but I thought I'd does say your, it. Again. Does your hearing aid need a ramp? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Mr. Adams, who I like, I like the sound of that, uh, is supporting the bill, and uh, he published a book in 2020 about losing 35 pounds on a plant-based diet. Mm. So he would save 70 dollars on my plan what on an airline. Just do a bunch of coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he said on Friday the law should would make workplaces more inclusive. That's the word I hate the most. You know, we're going to make it inclusive. Oh, yeah. What that means is we're going to hire anybody with the, despite whatever problems they might have. Diversity is our strength. 
People who are applying for a job should not be treated differently. Okay. Now, again, I'm a little bit chubby. I'm, I'm probably 20 pounds overweight, and I admit it, and, I, and I'm working on it. You know, I work, I work on it every single day. You I wear it well, though. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. You don't waddle but, yet. But when yet. You, I see people, when I'm driving around the streets of Worcester, let's say, you know, trying to dodge the potholes that they never fix in that mm-hmm. city, and I see big, fat people walking down the streets, mm-hmm. I say to myself, I wonder if that person has any idea how offensive it is you know, you know, a lot of them are probably they got SNAP benefits, and they're going to the store instead of buying meat and vegetables, they're buying sugar drinks and candy and stuff like that, and, and they're fat. Did you see the clip from Lizzo's latest show? Oh, she's real fat. She comes out with this spangly low cut thing with a, it's like a skirt, and she sings, and all of a sudden she whips it off, and she's got this. It's like it looks like a bathing suit. Great, and and she's. Massive, but she's doing Great. it. She's jumping around a lot. I don't know where she gets the energy. That takes a lot of muscle. Yeah, she, you could see her elephant toe. You certainly could. <laughs> now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. <laughs> That's really gross. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, the problem with it, this is you say, okay, you're hiring, and they okay, you can't not hire somebody because they're fat. Yeah. Does that maybe indicate to some people that they might be lazy? You know, if someone's big, fat, I'm not saying they're automatically lazy. Some people have glandular issues and, you know, they're, they're big boned or whatever. But here's my point. The thought you get when you're hiring somebody, if the, somebody's taking a really long time to sit down and walk in and they're really fat, you're going to say, well, how did they get this fat? It's not from hard work, right? All right. Okay, so maybe I'm being unfair to fat people. You, you might be. Maybe it's, you know, a, a glandular problem. But the idea is if you're not, when you're fat, you got to know you're fat. Mm-hmm. And you got to work at it. You can't just say, oh, you know what, I'm going to be fat for the rest of my life. No. You try to be not fat. That's the right thing to do for, for obvious reasons. The, your own personal health and the loved ones who care about you, they don't want to. Plus, the, the, never mind the money you save on food there's these a, days. There's a movie. I've forgotten what it's called. It's with the, uh, Brandon the Frazier. The Whale. Is that one is The Whale. Have you seen that, no, Mike? Uh, I no. think you should watch that movie. Why don't you go ahead? Is it okay? Why don't you go blubber about it a little bit? Is it okay to there. right out of your blowhole? I'll slap disgusted you. by really fat people. <laughs> is it still okay? <laughs> well, no. I'm not yes. hiring anyone, so am I still allowed to think yeah. it's gross? Well, here's all you got to do: you go to Disney and you look around and you say, "See those people on the carts in the grocery stores too?" <laughs> yeah. And they and you say, well, "Okay, are they, do they have a are they a crippling injury or are they just fat?" Right. Mm. And we're we're very judgmental. You know, we're going to say, "Well, you know, everybody on earth is judgmental." So, Do I have to date a fat girl in New York just because she asked? Ob- <laughs> obesity right. Poor guy, obesity rates have risen in the United States over the last two decades. Mm-hmm. 40% of American adults are considered obese. Now, that seems a little high to mm. me. Maybe I would, I would put it at like 20 to 30%. 40%. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. There's a lot of fat well, people, then again, but you obese know, to me is, is really, really Yeah, but I think the do- definition of obese is... Wrong, not wrong, but it, it's misused anyway. Yeah. It's, it's a lo- well, people who are, we would just go, hey, that's a fat guy. The doctors will be like, no, they're obese. You're like, really? Yeah. What about that giant fat guy? <laughs> He's really fat. morbidly obese. The body acceptance movement has, and self described fat activists, have, ba- factivists. have sought to reduce bias and shame around weight. Podcasts like, quote, maintenance phase have spread awareness that not all overweight people are unhealthy. And that diets often fail. Okay. 
New York City's been a center for fat activism ever since the 60s when a crowd of 500 people held a fat in at Central Park. I must have missed that. A fat in. They need to go to Awaken 180. It works. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and then Lily, what's her name? Lily? She Is that her name? Uh, Ty- Paige? Paige. What? No, no, no. Lily, the one you're the singer, the fat, the fat singer, oh, Lizzo. Lizzo, oh Lizzo, whatever. Yeah. You're thinking of Lily from AT and T. No, I like Lily. Yeah. She's got a rack. She does. Uh, but li- li- Lizzo, stupid AT and T. Lizzo needs a bookmark when she goes to take a leak because you know it, oh, it's, it's just a terrible situation. Where so, did I put that thing? It's all about changing the culture and how we think about weight. I, I'm sorry, but I mean, you know, here I am, an overweight person, a little bit. I see some. I see, you fat tub of shit. Lose some weight. It's not. It's not personal. I just don't want you to die on me, especially while I'm watching. What do you think? Now, Eric Adams yeah. has had. Here's what he's done since he became the mayor of New York City. The right to shelter. He asked the judge uh, for permission to relieve New York City of its obligation to provide shelter for anyone who asks, and that's what they have. We have it in Massachusetts, by the way, yeah, statewide. We're right. the only state that has it. The right to shelter. Someone goes, I don't have a blood. Can I, I get a hotel room, please? And they have, you have to give them a hotel room. Right. You always had the right to shelter in New York. Just stand underneath the fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no room to stand anymore. They got, two, they got 50,000 immigrants, immigrants a day coming in. Uh, Housing, uh, for Eric Adams Housing. He, uh, Jessica Katz, the architect of the housing policy by the mayor, said she would, was resigning d- a dealing City Hall a setback at a time when rents are rising and the homeless shelter population has reached record levels. He, he's not doing a good job. They kicked the veterans out of the uh, That's hotel right. To, to house the illegal aliens along with their free cell phones and their... There are gift cards and By all the way, this is the New York Times coverage of Eric Adams, okay? Yeah. Education. Half of the children in grades three through eight in the city fail reading tests. Half of are failing a reading test in those in those very important grades. They should give Eric Adams a reading test. Rent increases. The city panel charged with regulating rents across a million rent stabilized apartments in New York gave preliminary approval to some of the largest increases in years. So what's bad is getting worse mm-hmm. under Mayor Eric Adams. And i got to say, you know, I think he's shaming our name. <laughs> the Adams name. The Adams family. I mean, John Quincy Adams never would have stood for that. Uh, a lifeguard shortage. This is the least important, but this is stupid. You ready for this? Despite pay increases and efforts to simplify the notoriously difficult swim test... Huh? It's notorious. <laughs> New York's shortage of lifeguards is dire. Mm. The city says the lifeguard unions are partially to blame. They have lifeguard unions? Yeah, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> what do they teach you how to... You know, when you I was a lifeguard three years in a row. You twirl your whistle. You walk around. You put sunblock on your nose. You wear a jungle hat on your head. You sit up on a chair with your Red Cross bathing suit, and you look at the girls. That's all you do. Yep. That's all you do. Lifeguarding is so... And if someone starts to go, you know, you jump in, you pull them out. But that never happens. And now they have a lifeguards union in New York? Mm. Seriously? It's powerful. Sink Uh, or swim, Mike. You know, a couple people died in the swirling world of entertainment. George Maharis, do you remember him? Oh, yeah. 
Who that? I know Ben doesn't because yeah, he's Ben's 66. a youngster. Route 66. No, was that him? He was with yeah. Martin Milner. Martin Milner. George Maharis and Martin Milner, Route 66. Mar- uh, George Maharis was on a bunch of... He died at age 90-something. I was shocked at his age. And then I realized that the next day was that Ed Ames had died. Ed Ames. Now, Ed Ames... Who's that? He for those a, of you that don't know... He's a member of the Ames Brothers. Who are they? <laughs> They had several hits in the 50s, yeah. one of which... Yeah, play, can you play... Uh, the Ames, Ed Ames was on the Daniel Boone uh, TV series, and he played the Indian uh, named Mingo, who was the uh, the right-hand man of uh, Daniel Boone. The naughty lady of Shady Lane has hit the town like a bomb. The naughty lady of Shady Lane. I banged her. Those are the Ames brothers. That's right. Big hit in the 50s. It was four four brothers that were, uh, by the way, from Malden, Massachusetts. This is a real sneaky way of singing about a town whore. That's that's right. Actually, you know what it was? was In the end, they, they revealed that it was a new baby was just born. It's the naughty lady of Shady Lane. It's a cute song, oh, Ben. It's terrible to call it's baby off. a whore. I know. Ben, <laughs> nice going. So uh, the, the Ames brothers from Malden, Massachusetts, Yep. Jewish family, he played Mingo, a full-blooded Native American, on uh, the Daniel Boone show, mm-hmm. and he had long hair. And I have a video here of him with a hairpiece, but what Ed Ames is, and he died at age, what, 95? Something like that. Uh what Ed Ames was known for two things. First of all, the tomahawk throw on The Tonight Show, where he came out, when he was playing the part of Mingo, Johnny Carson brought him out to throw a tomahawk, because he was actually good at it. Now, on the board where he was going to throw the tomahawk was an outline a cowboy. of a man. Yeah. A cowboy. Oh, yeah. uh, this is the clip where he, yes. yeah, okay, he I've throws seen this. the tomahawk, and it, it ends up with a handle up right where the guy's penis would be. <laughs> so it looked like he had a, a basically a, ha- a hatchet boner, and, and he hits him right in the, right in the cock. Yeah. So... <laughs> so Johnny goes, I didn't realize you were Jewish. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah, it was perfect. And w- that laughter lasted four minutes. It was like a record on The Tonight Show. No one could stop <laughs> laughing for four minutes. So the other thing he's best known for is on the Ed Sullivan show, yep. he had some hit records as a solo artist, uh, uh, Ed Ames did, and he held a note for the longest I've ever heard an individual, he was like a baritone or a basso profundo. He was a low-voiced singer uh, in the Al Martino vein. And he's, he held a note in this song, My Cup Runneth Over, for the longest time. Let's play it. Do you think you can match it? I don't know if I can match it, but let's let's first play it and see how long it is. I think it's 15 seconds. Can you, can you time this bit? My cup runneth over that's not it. No, here comes the big one. This is it. Ready? My cup runneth with Talent assholes doing the same thing at the same show. <laughs> Congratulations, Mike. That was uh, good. I held it. I did, but you know what? He had better tonal quality. Well, you were right there on pitch, though. That was good. 
uh, my cup runneth over right over here. Hey, you know, hey, it's, it's a plastic uh, protective cup. Where else are our podcast listeners going to find material like this? Oh, that's it. You know, this <laughs> is what makes from Ed Sullivan from sixty years ago. That's right. See, but this is what makes this podcast unique. You, unique. What's that word? Yeah. Uniquay. Uniquay. Yeah. 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 Um, I was driving around in Worcester yesterday, and I saw two restaurants. You know how I always bring up the... <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this a... Nah, is, well, yeah, okay. Is this a lift? Uh... Sure. <laughs> on the road This is again. the song that got us banned in Russia. I can't, I can't wait, wait to get on, on the road again. again. All right, so... The... Uh, the restaurant I saw was Wan, Wan, Wan Wang... W A N W A N G. I'm thinking it's a, it's an Asian restaurant. Wan Wang. Wan Wang, yeah. Well, is it Wan? It's not J U A N. Wan Wang. That would be a Mexican slash yeah, Chinese a, restaurant. Yeah. It's a fusion restaurant. It's W A N. Wan Wang. Yep. Wan Wang or another. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you, get you, Wan Wang. All right. And the other one right next door. Right next door was a, a restaurant You're called... You're telling this whole story just for that, aren't you? No. <laughs> I'm, the restaurant next door was called Yo Way. Yo Way. Y-O-W-A-Y. Yo Way. And I'm thinking, no way. So one yeah, way, way and no way. I'm not going there. If, if your name is called... If your name of your restaurant is Yo Way, I, I say... Yeah, it's like Yo Way or the Highway. I mean, what is this? I, I'm not going to either of those restaurants, oh. and it's not because I'm, I'm discriminatory against Chinese food. I love Chinese. What food. if the food is terrific? Speaking of Chinese food, let me blow my nose. <laughs> that was good, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the most fun I have every week. I seriously, okay. aside from stapling my stomach. Uh, I also saw two, when I was driving what? around today, I saw two uh, bumper stickers that I, that, uh, let me ask you guys what you think of this. Okay. This guy's got a sticker in a car, a little puppy paw print, you know, and it says, I love my grand dog. Ah, uh, see, that's yeah, a... But, ca- grand dog? Nah, that's stupid. And the other one said, right now... Fuck day, that guy. Dog dad. No, okay. Oh, I'm a dog dad. You're a well, dog yeah, dad. Well, I know we are, but that doesn't mean you want to have a sticker on your car. Call myself that. Well, you, know, so, you, you know, know, you have, uh, you have uh, what's dog. his name? Uh, upstairs. Buddy. Buddy, buddy, the, buddy the dog. Great dog. Doggy you, on board. Very lovable, very f- energetic, funny dog. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. But you don't go around to anybody, yeah, I'm a dog dad. No, you have the dog. He loves you. You love him. That's all you need to do. You don't need to put a sticker on your car. Okay. Doggy yeah. on board. You don't have that. No, I don't have that. But I, I, I would. With all due respect to these guys, <laughs> you might as well have a sticker that says "douchebag" on your on your car. If you're going to have one that says "I'm a grand dog," I love my grand dog. Well, you don't see your grandkids have a dog. Oh, no, no, get a fucking sticker because of that. What was the other bumper sticker you saw? That was it. <laughs> that was that was it. That was it. But you had two of them. I did. He oh. Dog Dad. He said both of them. Oh, Dog Dad. I see. I, I, you see, see I, the movie Dog Dad Afternoon with Al Pacino? I, uh, I, com- Attica. I, I combined. His wife's pregnant. She's 29. I He's know. 89. It's gross. Because then I started thinking about it. They're going to have an adult. And I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, yeah. How sad and desperate is that girl's life? Well, he's, he's Al Pacino. with that... Wrinkled old man. He looks disgusting. So what? He's Al Pacino. So what? Well, Mick Jagger gets laid. Look at him. He looks, he like looks a, disgusting too. He looks like a like a ball sack. <laughs> Doesn't he? 
left on the windowsill. Uh, so there's an invasion going on. How, how much? How much time do we have here? What kind of an invasion? Well, how many minutes have we done? Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Oh, minutes. I got a couple minutes here. What do you have? Like a well, news story? Is this a yeah. news story? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> My my vaporizer's not working. Oh, boo! It needs uh -oh. to charge. I gotta reverse the atomizer. Now the news with Mike Adams. Hi, everybody. You know, in the old days, they Tom Snyder used to smoke cigarettes on the Tomorrow Show. Mm -hmm. He'd sit there smoking butts while he's talking to these people. It's great because you know they, they were obviously relaxed. Tom Snyder says, "John Lennon's on his show as a guest," and Tom Tom Snyder says, "Well, John, t tell us about the drugs. Talk about the drugs." And John goes, well, it's getting scary out there now. There's drugs out there. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> Which is like a, wait, you don't know? If you don't know, I'm sure your pharmacist doesn't know either. There's drugs out there that I don't even know what they are now. And now, uh, so uh, we're getting invaded. <gasps> mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't, is it the body snatchers again? No, it's the Brazilians. And you know Framingham, Ooh, no, like, like, like nobody's business. Because yeah, you're true. from there. Yep, I am. I drive through Framingham now. And I, by the way, I, I really like Brazilians. Mm. They're very nice. They're always nice to me. Yep. They're hardworking people. Mm -hmm. Most They're beautiful the, women on earth. Women are gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I have, any, I have no issue with Brazilian people, but here's, this is ind indicative of what Massachusetts is allowing for you know uh, cultural changes to their cities based on just a, a massive influx of people. Mm -hmm. And I picked the Brazilians because I do like the Brazilians. And, you know, it's not like the Swiss are coming here. God, if that ever happened, I'd have to get my Swiss Army knife and take them out. But this is a, uh, a, re a recap of how many Brazilian people. No, I'm going to say, the, which cities in America have the most Brazilian people? Mm. You ready for this? Go ahead. I think I know some of these. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to do the Massachusetts ones. Number 28 on the list. Barnstable County. We're doing all of them? No, wait. 3,600. Plymouth County, Massachusetts, number 24 mm -hmm. on the top ch chart. 3,800 uh, Brazilian people, which is fine. You know, again, I, number 16 on the list. It's Casey Kasem. We're counting them down. Number 16 on the Brazilian list is Norfolk <laughs> County, Massachusetts, 5,200 Brazilian people. Number 14 this week is Essex County. With 5,600 people. Moving up to number 10 on the list this week is Suffolk County with 7,500 mm -hmm. Brazilians. Yeah. Number nine, you notice a trend here? Yeah. Number nine is Worcester County with 9,700 Brazilian people. And then we move up to the number one on the list. This is kind of unbelievable. Middlesex County. Yeah! Framing oh. <laughs> Now, did you hear the highest number we had was at number number uh, nine, Worcester County, ninety seven hundred. Mm -hmm. Can I take a guess? Middlesex County, thirty six thousand, thirty four thousand three hundred. Yeah! Number one in the country for I, Brazilian I population. I haven't counted for three years. That's why I'm a little low. <laughs> a little high. But no, but do you, do you realize that that we that's a number one city for Brazilian immigration in America? Yeah. Well, there you go. It's Framingham, Massachusetts, Ben Kitchen's it's hometown. Been known. And you go there now, and you, 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 every single store and every single restaurant is a Brazilian restaurant. Mm -hmm. Downtown. Again, they need a place to live. The, the problem is that once you get a community that started that's mostly Brazilian, then the, every Brazilian in the world is going to want to come there because that's where their Brazilian neighbors and friends are. That's how it works. 
But what does it do to Framingham? Well, they've got to have interpreters. They have to have classes taught in Portuguese. They have Because everybody gets to go to school, they have to have all kinds of adjustments made in order to accommodate that. And my, well, my thing is... That's here, what it was it, when I was in high school there. But Massachusetts, though, has eight of the top 30... Uh, so it's it's really just it's really a statewide thing. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn Portuguese. Well, obrigado. I, I already speak Spanish, yep. you know, and I think I do pretty well. Que horas ao? I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to learn Portuguese, and then the Portuguese chicks are going to want to lift ride with me. Not Portuguese, the Brazilian chick. Hop in, baby. On the road again. Oh, here's a harmony. <laughs> Oh, yeah, let's do the harmony. No, wait, let's do it again. Oh, yeah, okay. Take two, take two. On the road again. Hey, everybody, everybody. I can't wait to get on the road again. Hey! See, we're a musically oriented show. We have a lot going on here, but culturally speaking, we have uh, we you know probably we have more done singing than anybody. You know, speaking of uh, a lot of singing on the show, we haven't done a karaoke challenge in a while. Oh, I can do that anytime. Should we do ready. one next week? Sure. Yeah. I, you, I don't even need to know the song in advance. I just do it. Boom. Bang. Just like that. Just like that. Huh? Like the voice. I get out there and do this thing. You know. So we've covered a lot tonight. Joe, Mo- Joe, Joe Namath, uh, birthday today. Yep. Mm-hmm. 80. Yep. Gail Sayer. Gail Sayers is yesterday. Yep. He's 80. Uh, we've covered the fat thing. Eric Adams, yeah. I think we've, I think we've done a good job on that. I would like to promote two things. First of all, that... Uh, we have the uh, a new episode of uh, 15 Minutes of Shame available wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. We also have Joe and Jerry, as always, to close out the show with a little musical number for you, our podcast listening audience, who we love dearly and who we appreciate, all 400,000 of you. It's Joe and Jerry. Come on! Did you say come on? I said, come on! Does she walk? Does she talk? Does she come complete? My homeroom, homeroom angel always pulled me from my seat. She was pure like snowflakes. No one could ever stain Joe. The memory of my angel could never cause me pain. Years ago, I'm looking through a girly magazine. There's my homeroom angel on the pages in between. My blood runs cold! My memory has just been sold. My angel's in the centerfold. Angel is the centerfold. My blood runs cold. My memory has just been sold. Angel in the centerfold. Slip me notes under the desk. And I was thinking about her dress. I was shy. I turned away before she caught my eye. I was shaking in my shoes whenever she passed those giant boobs. Something had a hold on me when Angel passed close by, Joe. Her soft, fuzzy sweaters, too magical to touch. See her in that negligee, gave me a huge boner. My blood runs cold. My memory has just been sold. Angel's in the centerfold. Angel in the centerfold, it shows. My blood runs cold. My, my memory has just been sold. Oh, yeah. Angel is the centerfold. Na, 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 na,
This is a stupid joke. Now listen, it's okay. I understand. This ain't no never, never land. I hope that when the issue's gone, I'll see you when your clothes are on. Take your car, yes we will. We'll take your car and drive it. We'll take it to a motel room and then we'll bang in private, Joe. Part of me has just been ripped. My pages from my mind are stripped. Oh no, I can't deny it. Oh yes, I guess I gotta buy it. I'm tired. Blow it off the rest of the song, Joe. I've heard this song five zillion times. I used to listen to the Pike 100 FM. They play it like every hour, Joe. Oh, that's boring. They gotta get their shit together.